More than half of all companies globally are family-owned or operated. Family businesses contribute 70% of the world's GDP and account for 65% of jobs. Their voices are important. Their stories must be told. Brought to you by the award-winning publication, Tharavat Magazine. This is the Family Business Voice with your host, Ramya Elagami. Russ Hayworth believes that healthy transitions lie at the heart of continuity and as such is passionate about helping next-generation family members find their place in the business. As co-director of The Land of Giants, a research project that focuses on their journeys, Hayworth knows all too well the general gap that threatens to derail even the most well-thought-out transitions. However, he's also seen how purpose, defined in open, honest intergenerational dialogue, can do just as much to get the transition process back on track, even if it means next-gens opting out of the active role envisioned for them by their parents. On this episode of The Family Business Voice, we spoke to Russ Hayward, family business advisor and host of the show, The Family Business Podcast, about where purpose and succession overlap in the family business. Enjoy this episode with Russ. So Russ, we're here together on this episode of The Family Business Voice to talk about two topics that are both very close to both our hearts, I think, which are the topic of purpose and the topic of succession, but mostly how these two uh, topics interact with each other and what they mean to each and how they inform each other within the context of the family business. And I think it's a very interesting time for us to have this discussion for many reasons. But to start with uh, with the former, really, I think what this recent, what 2020 really has shown us, I would say, in this, whether you want to blame the pandemic or, uh, you know, climate change or whatever else has been happening, I'm not going to name names of Trump. Um, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I think that what's come forth is this, that the discussion around specifically purpose has taken on a whole new meaning and dimension. There's a clear call for purpose now, I think, in every industry uh, across all corporations, whether family-owned or non-family-owned. But there's also a clear call-out on the hypocrisy around the purpose-driven discussion. So are you proclaiming purpose without living it? Um, you know, Are you living purpose without letting anyone know? So where are we falling short here? So particularly when it pertains to the family businesses that you've interviewed, but that you've also worked with as a consultant, what do you feel sort of like separates the, you know, the phonies from the real thing here? Like, you know, what have you seen in terms of like, what makes a family truly purpose driven in your view? And how does that translate in real terms into what we can see? I think the link between the purpose of the family business and the values that are centre to the family that owns or runs that business is key to that discussion because I've worked in big corporations where you've gone through values exercises and they're kind of dictated to you. Here's the values we're going to live by and it's the normal honesty, integrity and, and that kind of stuff. And I've yet to find a business that says, our core value is dishonesty or not having integrity. And the difference, I think, between those that do those exercises and those that live by those values is the behaviors that they demonstrate. Mm. 
Mm. And the meaning that they give to those values becomes the purpose of that business. Mm -hmm. So if the value of the business is to create a positive impact on our environment, that's great and it looks really good from a marketing perspective, but what are you actually doing to demonstrate that you're living that value? Mm. How are you going to know whether you hit that or how do you know when you're falling short of it? Mm. And then what discussions can you have to ensure that you are keeping true to your values, true to the purpose of the business? Uh, and it's been said many times before around family businesses aren't typically driven by pure profitable ambitions. There's more around the family value side than there is about just returning value to, to shareholders. And I think we're uh, an opportunity in time to really reassess mm-hmm how important those values are to us as individuals, how we can best live our life to demonstrate those values. So it's one thing, the family business having a clearly defined purpose and values and behaviours that they want everybody within that to live by. But also us as individuals, we're far more aware, I think, of our own individual ability to have impact and be purpose-driven and live purposeful lives. I love that you're breaking it down to the various levels, also from the collective perspective and the individual perspective, because I think so often when we talk about the family enterprise, the individual perspective a little bit goes under, because of course we have to think of the greater good. We have to think of the collective. And as you said, even in a corporation, this is the case, but in a family business as well, at some point comes the point where we have to dictate, well, these are the values that we've agreed on. And now everyone has to sort of adhere to them and live by them. So that empowerment of those values at some point becomes a little bit one directional. Mm -hmm. And I think this is an interesting link into the succession topic, because let's break it down a little bit less than to the individual stage, but look at it from a generational perspective. So if you imagine unifying the values outlook or the purpose outlook, I would say within one generation might be one challenge, but maybe more easily achieved than unifying the purpose discussion across generations. And so you Uh and I were just joking before this podcast how you're realizing increasingly how your children are experiencing a totally different education at school than you did. So if we were to look at how purpose translates across generations, like what are sort of the main things where you're like, yes, that's clearly not going to fly Uh with the next generation, or typically this is where we hit a moment where we have to sit down and talk about it again. What do you think? I think that disconnect happens across generations and we kind of take for granted that the way we see things and the way that we explain or teach things is how everybody then learns. And I was having a conversation um, just a couple of days ago where it was brought to my attention that the iPhone is 12, 13 years old. Yeah. And you look at how much information we consume via that medium. And for me, I can still remember the fascination of it being a screen rather than the mobile phone with the buttons and, you know, predictive text rather than having to, to, you know, press one three times to get to a C on your text messaging Mm -hmm. compared to where we are now. Younger generations to me are growing up in a world where that is the norm. It isn't an advance from where they've been. It is the norm. And then if you look at senior generations, my parents are just moving to phones where it's a smartphone with the proper screen and not not without the buttons, and they're learning. And how they learn to deal with that is entirely different to how I did, is entirely how different to how my um, kids are. I think the key when it comes to trying to ensure that there's a, a unity around purpose across generations 
is giving everybody an equal voice in the conversations that mm-hmm. need to be had. And that takes a level of understanding from every person within that. So very often, each generation will look to the either previous or um, up-and-coming generation and say, they should start to see things from my perspective. And so if you've got the, the senior generation and the next generation both saying they need to see things from my perspective, technically they're both right, but mm. they also need to take their own medicine and say, I need to see and understand things from their perspective. How do you achieve that kind of humility on both sides? Like, So how do you achieve that kind of humility in the older generation and in the younger generation? It seems to me an exercise that is fraught with difficulties. So from mm. your perspective, what have been the means or the tools that we can give families to instill that humility, no matter what your age is? Yeah. Um, and I, I think there are generational difficulties there. I think talking to, say, millennials or, or Gen Z about purpose and meaning, it's a, a vocabulary they're far more used to dealing with than, say, mm-hmm. a senior generation of, of, of boomers. Uh, that's a sweeping generalization, and I'm, I'm not tiring everyone with that brush, but mm-hmm. there is that generational difference. Mm-hmm. And I think that w- when I facilitate meetings between generations, I allow myself to be vulnerable to the fact that I don't have the answers. Mm-hmm. The answers sit within the collective that are sat around that table at that time. And I think if you come to that table with a viewpoint of it's okay to be vulnerable, it's okay to be wrong, it's okay for me to be honest about how I'm feeling about stuff, trust the fact that you're in an environment where it's safe to say that stuff. A generational difference, I think, between perhaps older generations and and rising generations is that there is more of an acceptance now that you can be vulnerable, you can be wrong, it's okay to be wrong. A lot of discussion around what COVID did or what this year has brought, because I personally am not of the conviction that the pandemic is the only thing that we've dealt with this year. It seems to have overshadowed uh, everything else, but really this would have been a difficult year anyways, in my view. Yes. And this crisis hitting now and making this potentially the first or maybe only the second real crisis that the next generation faces, has this forced succession? I mean, are we, have the succession processes just started because you know this kind of an event is so huge uh-huh. that it just that it just overshadows any kind of deliberate decision that a family would take like yeah. what is your view on that has it accelerated it do you think for all families i think so and i think there's a couple of factors that are um, contributing to that as a, a kind of an outcome the first one is we are all every single one of us is being faced with a threat to our mortality mm-hmm. and there's varying degrees of risk, and I'm not over-dramatizing or, or underplaying the risk of, of the virus, but we are. this is a, a, a threat on our, our um, mortality. And so mm. many people who get absorbed in their own businesses consider themselves to be immortal because they're just inside this, um, you know, driving the business forward, mm. making sure everything works and, and functions properly and all that kind of stuff. And so we had a a rude awakening there that we are not immortal and everyone knows that now so if you've got senior generation Mm -hmm. who are having to shield because of their age then undoubtedly I think they would have been brought face to face with the fact okay what happens if and so that is perhaps shaping the discussions around the uh, succession issue the other side of it is as a a next gen or rising gen in those um, businesses 
is this polarization of being drawn towards the business because it's under threat yeah. and they perhaps appreciating that they had a far higher emotional attachment to that business than perhaps had appreciated before mm-hmm. or that they're looking at and going I don't feel as if I know what to do in this situation I don't know how to to get us out of a position where we've not had the experience of a global pandemic before and again it's those emotional triggers that are prompting people to have the discussions around succession the brutal truth is that succession is going to happen one way or another Mm. Uh, and I heard a phrase and I can't remember where it came from and I wish I'd created it but it's <laughs> it's in my view better to deal with succession with a warm heart than with a cold hand mm. and it's you know that kind of typifies that it's going to happen at some stage it's far better yes. to have a plan than it is to not have a plan because when you don't have a plan it's kind of out of your hands a little bit. I feel like it's it's very interesting for me to look at what you've just said and then think about what is the role of a clear-cut purpose in this moment in time then like you know so if we think that succession is obviously in that case more or less as you confirm being pushed forward being sort of like we're being faced with emotions that make us think of succession as as something that is in fact inevitable mm-hmm. and so the denial part is over How can the purpose, a clearly defined purpose in that moment in time, help me as a family, as mm-hmm. a family business? How can it help me in this moment of maybe turmoil, in this moment of crisis? How can it help me tackle this succession mm-hmm. theme? Like, where's the where's the overlap here? So if you consider it from the, the perspective, businesses at the moment are going to be facing difficult decisions like you say some are facing the fact that they may not reopen mm. others are facing very difficult decisions around who they may retain within the business and whether they continue doing what they have been doing for perhaps many generations or maybe now is the time to move on to um, an alternative way of, of creating that um, revenue or, or fulfilling that purpose as a business but but if you put yourselves in the, the shoes of somebody who has to make those decisions If you have very clear guidance from a purpose that has been articulated by if it's your own family and you're in charge of making those decisions it's a collective purpose that has been agreed upon and the key is that it's been agreed upon it's not one individual's purpose that is saying well I don't care what the rest of you think I'm doing this it kind of gives you a reassurance that the decisions you're making are aligned to the purpose and values that the family hold hmm. so it's almost a backup to the fact that I'm not just making this decision because we're going through hmm. tough times I'm doing it because this is what we're trying to achieve mm-hmm. this is our vision as a family this is what the business exists for and therefore those decisions come back to does this get us closer or further away from what we're trying to achieve like a north star like a north star that sort of like uh, guides you through it mm-hmm. yeah and, and it can sound a bit twee to say oh well, we've got this kind of purpose and this big shining light of a guide as to what we're doing but but if you haven't got that there's a danger that you're making decisions based on short-term emotions based on the fact that you know things for some industries are looking pretty bleak at the moment and having that the reassurance of knowing that you're making decisions aligned to that means that in five or ten years time when we look back on this this period we can do so knowing that we did the best job we possibly could Are there things about the family business that are not variables? Like you know that are not variable, that are not that are fixed. So uh-huh. when we talk about the purpose, what 
changes, the purpose or the people. So do we stick to the purpose in spite of the people or do we always go with the people slash the family to adapt and evolve? Uh -huh. What's your view on the flexibility of purpose of the family business over time? So if I can just draw my own um, personal experience here um, as well in terms of my purpose, I I've always been motivated and driven by helping people. And again, it sounds a bit twee, but I've not been good at making stuff or um, anything along those lines. So, so helping people and using sort of my emotional intelligence and empathy to listen and, and help people see things from a different perspective has always been something that has driven and motivated me. And my vessel for doing that for 15 years was as a financial planner and having conversations around the... Um, Uh, a value of money and how money can help you to do things rather than mm -hmm. define you, for, for example. And I had a shift late last year where I realized that actually my motivation to have impact, so my purpose wasn't being completely fulfilled within the vessel that I was within at that time. Mm -hmm. And so I shifted to establishing my own um, consultancy business that allows me to fully live my live purpose, purpose. Mm -hmm. and I think if you extrapolate that out to the number of individuals that will be within family enterprises each of those individuals will have their own purpose and mm -hmm. if there's a way of collectively um, it's a bit like uh, the scene from Finding Nemo where um, you get uh, is it Dory that's stuck in the net and then they try and get all the fish to swim in the same direction It can be a bit mm. like that, is each of those individual fish will have uh, their own purpose and destiny, but collectively they can achieve far more when they pull together in the same direction to, to everyone's mm. benefit. And I think that that can often happen within a family business. It's the overall aim and purpose of the, the family collectively can be an extremely powerful thing because it's not just one person's vision. It is a collection. And if you've grown up in... A close family and those values and um, everything else is very well understood and because you've been brought up in that environment it's not unnatural to live by the same values as those that you have grown up close to uh, I, I think that allows for that collective purpose to be um, very strong but mm. the vessel the vehicle that that's delivered through doesn't necessarily have to be we make widget A or we make widget B, you can still branch off and, and take on this family enterprise approach where we are we are united under this collective purpose and vision, but cousin A makes widget A and cousin B does something completely different under that same um, set of, of values and, and purpose. When we talk about succession, when a family engages in the process of succession, And when a family has a purpose that includes longevity across generations, mm -hmm. we're assuming that that's possible. We're assuming that we're building something that will outlive us as individuals mm -hmm. of this family. Now, my question to you, and it might be a little bit a loaded one and a, and a heavy one to face nowadays, but I was wondering whether the current situation and how much things are changing now whether longevity or like I would say like surviving across generations today is even a realistic goal for a family business to have. Mm -hmm. Is that something, you know, do you feel that that's a healthy thing to pursue, um, you know, in spite of having a great purpose and in spite of succession going smoothly, 
Do you feel like we're setting ourselves up to fail as family businesses if in the current context, with so much uncertainty, we strive for that mm-hmm. eternity, I guess, it's for yeah. that eternal legacy? What do you think? You mentioned about the um, COVID kind of situation not being the only disruptive factor to mm-hmm. family businesses at this stage. If we look at the issue of longevity of individuals, one of the biggest disruptive elements in family businesses is that people are living longer, generally. Mm. And they're not just living longer, they're living more active and vital lives. And the concept of sort of retirement is alien to people who have given so many years of blood, sweat and tears to a business. It becomes their identity, it becomes their purpose, all the, the typical barriers to succession. And again, interesting that you mentioned the point on legacy, because I I have a a viewpoint on legacy is that we don't actually control our legacy. What Mm. we control is our impact. And it's Mm. our impact that then goes on to create that legacy. So if, for example, there is a demand or um, an aspiration for this legacy piece for for the family business, finding the best way that suits everybody within that system to do that, I think, is going to have far more of a legacy effect because of the impact that has versus just saying we have to pass this multi-generationally down. We want to we want to be a 500-year-old family business. And we know that can be done because there's 500-year-old family businesses. There's family businesses that are thousands of years old. And mm-hmm. we know that you know the technical aspects of how to operate that and the governance structures that are needed in order to keep that all moving Um, in in a smooth way that can be achieved because it has been achieved Mm -hmm. but if the true desire is to to create that it takes time it takes effort it takes work and we are at at the point in our um, business cycles at the moment where we're facing a potentially devastating global recession we've got a lot of political uncertainty there's always going to be external factors that are impacting on what we do within our our businesses and I think there's as much importance of dealing with the immediate stuff that is needed for for businesses now and the longer term stuff so if you're taking a a 15 20 year view it might be that something needs to exist that allows opportunity for our family members if you're taking a a one-year view it might be we need to change our business model because this business is not going to survive at the moment the two don't have to be mutually exclusive So you don't have to have this vision of 15 years time, we want this enterprise to be there to provide opportunity for our family and put the pressure on, um, you know, it could be a hospitality or leisure business that's really struggling at the moment because of all the COVID rules. Putting the pressure on that business to achieve that longer term goal is perhaps not fair. Whereas you could utilize the um, brilliance within the family to diversify and move away into something alternative. Um, if that's the vision that you want to have Uh, and what a story to look back on to say you know we saw through this adversity and we moved the business on to something that that enabled us to continue to provide these opportunities for our family members going forward and that's an impact that creates a legacy in in my view what a positive note to finish this conversation on russ like i think uh, very encouraging words from your end on how to make these uh, different factors interplay in the family business to get the best possible result, even under the current circumstances. Thank you so much for joining us on The Family Business Voice. Thank you for having me. me. 
Thank you for listening to the Family Business Voice. Subscribe to our channels now on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, or Spotify to be notified of our weekly episodes.